You can hear the orchestra warming up, tuning their strings, adjusting their stands. The audience shuffles their way to their seats. Soon, the doors close, the lights go dim, and the rustling quiets down. A hush falls over the hall, and out walks the conductor, his baton in hand. A round of applause peels out as he takes his bow. He turns around, his baton is raised. Suddenly, otherworldly music fills the hall. Everyone, performer and patron alike, is swept away to another land, a place far better than the one they inhabit day to day. We'll pretend it's 1980 and that you've just heard the San Diego Symphony Orchestra. Igor and Vesna Grupman are professional musicians in the area and are newly married and newly immigrated from behind the Iron Curtain. Music goes far beyond words. It's the unspeakable gift of the spirit that teaches you so much more the things that words cannot say. The music, certainly in its best way, is a, is a divine language. It's a representation of divinity of our Heavenly Father. As graduates of the Moscow Conservatory, they both know all about instruments. And yet something is about to happen that adds a whole new meaning to the word. They're about to encounter an instrument unlike any other. I'm Rebecca Devonis, and you're listening to In the Book. This is a podcast where we flood the earth with testimonies of the Book of Mormon. An acclaimed violinist and violist, Vesna Grupman has appeared with numerous symphonies, such as the Dallas Symphony, London's Beethoven Philharmonic Orchestra, and Concerto Rotterdam Chamber Orchestra, and is a professor of violin at the Rotterdam Conservatory. One of the most esteemed concertmasters in the world, Igor Grupman recently retired from leading the Rotterdam Philharmonic Orchestra as concertmaster, and has been a frequent guest leader for orchestras such as the London Symphony, London's Royal Philharmonic, and St. Martin in the Fields. Igor and Vesna co-founded the Grupman International Violin Institute, and both are graduates of the Moscow Conservatory. When you've heard the word instrument, maybe you've thought of a tool, like the one you'd find in the shed in the backyard. But the scriptural usage of instrument is so perfectly tailored for the musicians of the world. When I asked Igor what scripture from the Book of Mormon he wanted to focus on, he led me to Alma chapter 29, verse 9. I know that which the Lord has commanded me, and I glory in it. I do not glory of myself, but I glory in that which the Lord has commanded me. Yea, and this is my glory, that perhaps I may be an instrument in the hands of God to bring some soul to repentance. And this is my joy. The phrase instrument in the hands of God is used about 10 times throughout the Book of Mormon, referring to Gideon delivering the people of Limhi out of bondage, Nephi bringing his family out of Jerusalem to the land of promise, 
or Joseph Smith bringing about the restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ to the earth, to name a few. In the case of Igor and Vesna, music itself became a kind of instrument, a conduit through which God could connect with them. I mean, being very uh, skeptical about many things, the Holy Ghost was, it was absolutely clear with me that it could only reach my heart through the music. That was amazing because as I was reading Book of Mormon, pretty much nothing would come immediately. But as I was going to do a job or play a gig or something, or in, in those early days, uh, perform the music and playing beautiful music, at that moment, the testimony would build and burn. The semantics, words would just bounce off. It just, I had so many blocks built into my psyche, into my brain, that the words would simply sometimes be quite useless. The language of music was something that he could comprehend, something that spoke to him, and that had, in times past, delivered divine messages. After rehearsals with the San Diego Symphony, he would go home and read the Book of Mormon, a book that was new to him. So every time I went back home, I would start reading it with more interest. I was touched by the music, and uh, the spirit would soften me up, so to speak, would open up. And Vesna played an amazing role in it, I have to say, because she was a great catalyst of helping me to, to open up to this. I got converted a year before. Yes. And uh, we always say that he saw changes in me. And at that time, I could understand and I could feel the testimony, the beginning of the testimony of the Book of Mormon. While growing up in Ukraine, Igor remembers a pivotal conversation he had with his very first violin teacher. Yeah, he was a brilliant violinist, great musician, old Jewish man. And he said something very profound to me. We were talking about what do I aspire to as a violinist? I was 10 years old. He said, what do you want? Do you want to impress people, dazzle them with your technique, or do you want to, make, to touch them and make them cry? There was no other answer to that. And then he said, uh, there are two kinds of violinists and musicians. Ones who played brilliantly their instruments, it's one kind, and the other are those who talk to God. And this was one of the first references to God in relation to music. And uh, probably the most powerful to date. That conversation with his violin teacher had a lasting impact on him. The kind of conversation you may have had, one that lingers with you for the rest of your life. Igor would go on to be that violinist who talked to God. I grew up in, uh, in Ukraine, which at that time was part of the Soviet Union. And... Uh, it was basically a communist country, so religion was essentially forbidden, except for high holidays where people you know, under police control could go to church or synagogue. Over in Yugoslavia, Vesna was growing up under similar circumstances. And although worship of God was publicly ridiculed, it couldn't be stopped in private, like the people of Alma and the Book of Mormon experienced. When they were under strict orders to stop praying out loud or otherwise be met with a death sentence, the record says they did pour out their hearts to him, and he did know the thoughts of their hearts. 
Vesna remembers seeing her own mother pray in private. She would always ask for help and always address God in her personal prayers. And as a child, I heard that and made an incredible influence on me. I have to say that there were angels and spirit there with us. We transferred all our craving and instinctive desire to be close to the light through music. Music was, and is, one of the primary instruments in Igor and Vesna's story, but it would be incomplete without mention of another one. In Moscow, Igor and Vesna met and fell in love. They knew they wanted to get married, but knew it would be easiest to do so far away from where they were. Igor's family applied for a reunification program to join the Jewish immigration out of their country. In the end, Igor's family was able to leave the country, but they left with basically nothing but a small suitcase. Igor couldn't even take his violin. They had no money and said goodbye, knowing they would never go back. We went through Vienna, Italy, all these camps for refugees. We knew we wanted to leave and we wanted to live in the free world and hopefully also worship freely. Igor and Vesna both made it to Los Angeles by a matter of miracles and got married. It was there that two missionaries first knocked on their door. But before they did, Vesna had already been searching for something. When I came to America, I had a strong feeling that if I find that the church that will be exactly like the, it was in those times, in those days when the Savior was on the earth, then that's where I would like to be. No, I would like to know if there is such church. So if I was going anywhere playing concerts, even before I came to the States, I would go to the church and investigate what they believe in and how they worship and what kind of church is that. And the building itself, they were always very cold and very distant. And I felt, well, God is here. He cannot be so far and so distant with these buildings that are so majestic. And yet they're so cold and so unfriendly that create fear in you, installing fear instead of make you closer to God. I didn't understand that really. Why is it like this in all those churches and beautiful architecturally, but not giving you much spirituality? And they're making God unapproachable. So this was clashing in my mind. She had heard about Joseph Smith from a friend. And she, like Joseph, had been searching in different churches. His story resonated with Vesna, and she wanted to know more, but ran into an obstacle. I felt, oh, how this would be great to, to find out more about this church. But it was my first month in America, and I didn't speak the language well. I didn't drive a car. We were so poor. I would probably never go there. It was three days after that that the missionaries knocked on her door. When they were standing at the door, I felt, wow. There are two angels that are that Heavenly Father sent, the God sent directly from heaven. And I think I asked them, are you the angels from God? Which brings us, of course, back to the concept of being an instrument in God's hands. Through the missionaries, God helped Vesna learn all about Joseph Smith and about the restoration of the original Church of Jesus Christ to the earth, the church that she had been searching for. 
I had so many questions because being influenced by the communist society, I was a little afraid that maybe that this is the American propaganda or some kind of a propaganda that they're trying to sell me. And I, I need to be very careful, although I believed every word that they were saying, but I needed to be cautious and ask many questions. I remember one day when I asked one of the questions, I asked this older sister missionary, and I don't think she could answer this because she said, I can't give you the answer to this question. I don't know. But I know that this church is true church of God. And then the tears were streaming her face. And that's the moment when I remember I was converted because the Spirit spoke to me so strongly and I just knew that she's telling the truth. There was no question in my mind. I just knew it. And before I even touched the Book of Mormon, I didn't even read it yet. Every word, everything that I read was a jewel. It spoke from A to Z, it speaks of the Lord's love. I was prepared through the music because, you know, music always testified to me that there is the absolute testimony that God exists. But then when I started reading Book of Mormon, it was so obvious to me that there's so much love that he has for his children, especially in the third Nephi, when he appeared to the Nephites and how he loved them and how he encircled little children and how they came and kissed his hand and his feet. The record in third Nephi says, and when he said these words, he wept and the multitude bear record of it. And he took their little children one by one and blessed them and prayed unto the Father for them. And when he had done this, he wept again. The Savior wept because he loved. It says, and he spoke and multitude and said unto them, behold your little ones. And they saw the heavens open and they saw angels descending out of heaven as it were in the midst of fire. And they came down and encircled those little ones about, and they were encircled about with fire, and the angel did minister unto them. This to me is incredibly powerful, incredible testimony of love. This is how the Lord encircles us. We're his little ones. Since entering the waters of baptism, Igor and Vesna have gone on to pour powerful testimony of Christ's love through the music that they make for audiences far and wide. Just exactly as Alma is saying, that's our goal to, for the rest of our lives to use this Book of Mormon together with music to touch people's hearts. I love this concept that people can be the means whereby God can accomplish his purposes. It's not an act of puppetry, but one of willingness on the part of the person acting as an instrument. Any musician knows that their instrument only ever sounds as good as they play it. Of course, playing the 1731 Stradivarius Igor plays is undoubtedly a different experience than playing a cheap violin you find at the local thrift store. But either way, if someone who knows nothing about the violin tries to play either instrument, they'll pretty much have the same outcome. 
The instrument has to succumb to the tuning of the strings, the delicacy of the hand position, the touch of the bow, and the overall sensitivity and expertise of the violinist to produce a stunning sound. I'm speaking as if I play the violin, and I don't, but I think you get where I'm going with this. To think that I could be a violin in the hands of a perfect and heavenly musician is quite a thought. I would want him to mold me to become the best possible instrument for his concerto, an instrument through which he could speak and express. Vesna and Igor Grubman have become those very instruments, instruments in the hands of God. Has the Book of Mormon changed your life? Send your story to inthebook at scripturecentral.org. This is a Scripture Central podcast directed by James Dalrymple, and I produced this episode with script contributions by Ryan Coons. I'm Rebecca Devonis, and this is In the Book. <laughs>